us now, jazz forward George Niang on the big show. So how do you slow down the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Jeez, Gordon, you want me to email you the scouting report? You're asking me some grilling <laughs> questions right now. I'm just kidding. I mean, those guys were tremendous in their last series, and they're really good players. Obviously, it's going to be a collective group effort to slow those guys down. And you guys mentioned their bench. They have a full squad that can get it done, and I think it's going to take a collective group effort to slow those guys down. They can't let those guys linger around. And if they're not playing well, you got to continue to throw haymakers and knockout punches and look to build your lead against Clippers them. Clippers are a good team, and they're not a terrific matchup for the Jazz. If they play the switching defense, Rudy has to make them pay. And if he does, they've got to stop doing it. And then the blender opens up and the open threes and all that good stuff happens. If Rudy makes them adjust, not the Clippers make the Jazz adjust, like what are you going to do against the small ball lineup? Dunk on it. That's the answer. <laughs> that, Dunk this, right in its face. That is one of the reasons it would be important for Mike Conley to be involved. Yes. Not that Joe Ingles is bad at it. He can get the ball to Rudy, as we've seen time and time again. But having those playmakers on the floor makes that switching defense a little more problematic. It's how you combat it. The television broadcast for the L.A. Clippers. He is Brian Seaman with us here on the Big Show. It was very obvious the Clippers were thinking their way through those first two games against the Mavericks to the point where Ty Lue said, we're going to downshift and make the defensive plan as simple as we can against Luka and the Mavs. And after that, the Clippers went 4-1 the rest of the way in the series. So finding the appropriate game plan, and they'll have some problematic situations to deal with, like with Rudy Gobert and, of course, Donovan Mitchell and the great shooters that are around it. But to me, the energy and the execution defensively may help them overcome a bad shooting night. It's our friend Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. To me, the NBA postseason is really about who's not going to choke in the final couple minutes, who can execute better. And I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game that Donovan Mitchell will be able to get it done. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he won't do, will you come back on with us? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last <laughs> year when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets? Of course I'll come back on. And when the Clippers win and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, that won't force salt in the wound. I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show. <laughs> I'll try to be sober. Yeah. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on here. <laughs> Morris, three seconds, two seconds, blocked by Gobert. One second, he fires a two. The Jazz are going to win. The defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, blocks the shot in the corner. And the Utah Jazz have taken a one-game-to-nothing lead over the L.A. Clippers. We, we, monsieur. Jazz taking one game to none lead over the Clippers. It was a roller coaster of a game. The missed shots in the first quarter. Third quarter where Donovan Mitchell was as good as a basketball player could possibly yep. be. Rudy blocking the shot to win the game. It was a heck of a ball game. It's good to feel the playoff buzz in this city again. It was pure energy in this building last yeah. night. I don't know how this series is going to turn out, but the Jazz can win it. They can go all the way. They can. I don't know if they will, but when fans sense that from their team, that flips the switch. People get excited. And in the building last night, the place was rocking, and the Jazz feed off of that. From The Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Rudy Gobert gets his third Defensive Player of the Year. This was by far his best defensive year, and I thought it was cool that he was recognized for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I voted for him. He continues to prove people wrong when it comes to the whole if you switch him out on the perimeter, he's going to be like a baby giraffe. Those days are over, but beyond that, you got to account for the tremendous impact he's making not only at the rim, but negatively impacting the opponent's three point shooting because of the way his teammates can defend on the perimeter, knowing he's behind them. Nobody in the league had anywhere near the impact night in, night out that Rudy did. Gobert steals it, and the Jazz are up two games to none. 
We're going to have rough stretches. It's going to happen. You know, I think the biggest thing for us is our will, continuing to take it step by step. And I completely trust my teammates. You know, they trust me to do what I do. We all trust each other to the maximum level. And that's why we play the way we play. You can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Network. every time it's the big show it is we have feelings too you know <laughs> Gordon Watson, jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone that's our old friend robert lund who threw that together for us old friend doesn't old, used to be friend old friend robert no, lund. that's what friends do yeah we oh, tease make that's, fun of each that's other. what we're about uh, sounds of the week right there from Austin brought to you by Davis Vision. Uh, Davis Vision summer LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080 at Davis Vision. A big show coming at you live from the Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass. Gordon, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm uh, awake. Good. I think I'm awake. Weren't we just here? It was not that long ago, no. Anyway, we're back, and we're ready to go. It for is a, Friday. For Austin, it was less than yeah. uh, 12 hours ago. It's almost exactly 12 hours. It'll be 12 hours in 25 minutes. Yeah. Who got to bed before 3.30 last night? Anybody? No? I didn't think so. It's all right. We like what we do. I did sleep until 11 today. That's good My wife you. is the best. Yeah, that's it is nice to have a good spouse. Uh, we've got uh, your profundity for the day. It is who I saw yesterday, uh, by the way, and uh, and Austin's daughter Harper. Was oh yeah, see, they dropped by the pregame show. It's great to see him. Oh good. Whitney seems well, by the way. She's happy. She's always upbeat. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. You need people like that in your life, right? Uh, especially when you have someone like me in your life. Yeah, yeah right. You need, exactly. you need Whitney. <laughs> That's true. You guys, it's it's the yin and the yang of it all. You That's guys why do it works. drag anchor. Yeah. Both Wait, of you. My wife? What? No. You guys. What do you mean, drag anchor? It's just a drag sometimes, you know, and you need somebody who, who, who lifts the whole situation up a little. You know, I've been called a lot of things in my day. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> I pride myself to say that a drag is never one of them. <laughs> Nobody's ever spent a lot of time with me and come away saying that guy is a drag. So here we are. That's uh, that's a new one. 
I don't think I, if you're looking for my opinion, I don't think I'm dragging <laughs> down my wife. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, Austin, but that's that's not no, Austin some, just that's said not that something that I feel. He just said he needs somebody who's because of. He wasn't saying he was dragging her down. He need he she was. I'm balancing, balancing her out, right? And she's balancing me. Yeah. It's a it's a yoke. Oh, nice! A couple of oxen. Did you just call my wife an ox? <laughs> you said you were yoked. What else is yoked? It's a metaphor, bro. <laughs> I just I I hope people out there understand the concept that a marriage can be an equal partnership of two good people. Yeah. That is that is something that's well, possible. What's the whole deal with the better half? No, I don't know. It's not, I don't say it. That's not something I say either. I get that all the time. That sounds like something from the 50s. <laughs> well, maybe you should stand up for yourself once in a while and don't let people just insult you. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Right. But, you know, You're I've, bringing something to the no, table. I'm self-deprecating, and I can take deprecation from other people. And I'm self-depriving. You just said we were dragging down our wives. <laughs> Like anchors. Yeah, like anchors. And then you called her an ox. Oh, that's not what I meant at all. Just I, op- opinions we don't all share, that's all. And then we can get Urban Meyer on about what you say about his wife. Yeah, you ran Shell Bell. You dragged Shell Bell good. Speaking of anchors. Seriously. I love Shelly. Well, you I always did. You just you, you talked about how much she aged. No, I didn't. Yeah. I just said that she, well, never mind. I don't need to. Do we need to go to the tape? I'm not going to plow that field again. Do we need to go to the tape? Because we we can go to the tape. No, it's okay. No, don't do it, Austin. No, you don't go around insulting people's wives. On the radio? Of course not. (laughs) I I will say that uh, in seeing Shelly next to him on the broadcast, she's she's not as uh, young as she once was. No, I'm not (laughs) insulting her. She was always a beautiful lady, and she still is, but she she just looks like she's, you know, it's it's been 10 years. Wow. It's just, you know. Got worse. uh, It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. (laughs) It's been. It's that way for all of us. Except for now, it's what's it been? It's been uh, 16 years. Uh, never mind. Saw Shell Bell on the, on the TV the other day. Whoa, hey. Camera adds 10 years. Did she start smoking or something? Because she's packed on the ears. Woo! I love Shell Bell. I love her. All right. Okay. Here we go. You ready? You wanna, yeah. You want to dive into the list? Wanna, uh, it's ready. You want to jump it's, on into it? It's jazz-centric, okay, but well, what else? I no. mean, they are a major story in across uh, the entire world of sports. There's so. a, yeah, exactly. There's there's a couple diversions in there, but... All right. Anyway. Let, let's dive into it. Okay. It's, it's time for uh, Gordon's List. <clears throat> and now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know. We're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. Can you go shirtless to a concert? Uh, I will take, I'll take the beef pheromone. Moron. They're big, but they're hollow. Why are you dumping in my yard? Well, really, the answer to this question is none of your beeswax. To bees or not to bees. I'm porky pigging it, man. All right, there it is. I made my decision. I'm sticking by it. (laughs) Wow. It's time uh, for Gordon's List, brought to you by Tim Daly, Nissan, Murray. 
Gordon, uh, what's what's first on the list? Okay, but before we get to that, I, I got to tell you guys how much feedback I got from the "Would You Rather"s that you were throwing at oh, me. Oh, did you get a lot? And a bunch of people were saying I got everyone exactly right. I don't agree, but that's good. That's the that's the idea. A good "Would You Rather" is really balanced. There should be opinions on both sides, but <laughs> you do pose some tough ones. I will say. All right, the list: Jazz Clippers. Should we take it point by point? Okay. Yeah. Let's let's like all one seventeen to one eleven. Yeah. Every possession. <laughs> no. Donovan Mitchell comes out hot. Twenty seven points in the first half. Jordan Clarkson comes out hot. Fifteen points. React. So, what I find interesting, uh, you know, looking at the chess match here for a second, uh, when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, is Ty Lue is. It, 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 he, it's like he's got a book on the sideline. He's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's go to the next one. Oh, no, that didn't work real well. Uh, on to the next one. Like, he he threw everything he could possibly think of at Donovan Mitchell last night. And some worked better than others. I mean, what they were doing in the first half huh, is probably not uh, not good. But, he, it, you know, it was kind of a theme of the night that, that the Clippers tried a lot of different things, and they tried mm-hmm. we'll a lot of different that. things specifically on Donovan, and mm-hmm. he had answers for most of it. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, he let his guys kind of, you know, feel it and win the game. I mean, I don't let feels like such a, a condescending word, right? Like, let me allow you to shoot, you know, he by, my, on by my permission. <laughs> uh, but, but no, it, I mean – Team game, right? Other guys were having a good game. In fact, a lot of most everybody had a really good game, and team win. And at one time, Donovan was in fuego. But mm-hmm. I think it's important that the the and I'm sure we'll get to this on the list. I don't mean to jump the gun, but the that the team performance I thought was equally as important. So Donovan, I guess to to sum it up, pretty unstoppable, and he went up against a lot of different stuff. So he, that's a pretty good sign. In that first half, he, he did all but lick his chops. Well, yeah. He, he saw what they were doing, and he said afterward, you heard him, that he wanted to be more aggressive. He wanted to come out aggressive because he hadn't played particularly well in game one in the first half while he was absolutely dying might last night in that first half. The Jazz go up 66-53 to at the half, Jake. They stretched their lead to 21 in the third, and Ty Lue got his book out yeah. and said, okay, that didn't work, and that didn't work, like he said. And then he said, he, when he got to the end of the book, he, under Z, he saw zone. Took him a while to get there, but he threw out the zone. Now, whether that's an, a sign of desperation or what it is, I'm not exactly sure. The Jazz struggled. They missed shots. Their 21-point lead went to a two-point deficit. And then we'll talk about what what happened after that, which was stellar. But your reaction to the zone? I think you, I think we're going to see it more um, because it was effective. Uh, I also think at the same time the Jazz adjusted and the zone wasn't quite as effective as it was at the beginning. You know, I, I was I was thinking of an analogy, Gordon, and, uh, you, you know, you raised some tennis players, and I'm sure they went back east and played on clay occasionally. Mm-hmm. So clay's, you know, obviously a, a whole different surface where spin matters a lot more yes, than it indeed. does on, on hard court. And I bet your girls had a couple of sets that they had to get used to how clay court players play. Yep. And then 
adjust their forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the zone so infrequently in NBA basketball. You know, it, I don't know this, I guess, but it was likely, hey, this is way different. We've got to figure out how we adjust to this, and they eventually did. So I, I would expect to see more zone, uh, but maybe not for long stretches. But it was effective. There's no doubt. They erased that 21-point lead, so the Jazz had to figure it out. And the Clippers, the other part was the Jazz at the same time weren't getting any stops, so they were taking the ball out of the net, right. and there were a couple of things working against them. Yes. But uh, I I just don't think they were prepared necessarily for the zone because why would you be? The Clippers don't play a zone, and they just had to take a minute to get adjusted to it. They did, and uh, I liked your analogy there. That's uh, very apropos. You know, these you know my daughter's playing tennis on on these hard courts out here at elevation. You know and and they go back east, it's heavy humidity, and yeah. it's that clay. And all of a sudden, these these players from the southeast, what do they do? Heavy topspin, landing within six inches of the baseline. And, you know, players here have to get used to that. Well, the Jazz had to get used to what was going on with the Clips last night. Jake, you said you don't see it that often in the NBA, and I think my my view on it is the reason you don't see it is because usually teams, they shoot too good at this level for that to be effective. And the Jazz are a good shooting team, so I, I know it knocked them out of whack a little bit there, but I expect now uh, Quinn today to get his team together and say, look, guys, remember what we do against the zone. I, I don't think that will be effective, like you said, over the long haul. Well, it's all about it, you know, all about ball movement and penetration, and it gets a little bit more difficult with the zone. And that's how the Jazz get their open threes is through the ball movement. So they had to get through the clunkiness of of <laughs> figuring out how to get the the ball moving to generate the open threes. They'd usually break a break a zone. So, and there's also a variety of other reasons why zones aren't terrific in the NBA. All uh, you just get crunched on the boards. And sometimes you can get away with that in college when you have bigger, more athletic players than the other team, like a la Syracuse. But in the NBA, that gets tough. So, Yep. I would expect Ty Lue to go to – he changes up his defenses. I think he will throw in a lot of stuff just to try to keep the Jazz off balance. But we'll, the Jazz, I think, will be ready for what comes next. All right, Jake. So that lead <laughs> disappears. They're down two. And what happens? The Jazz step up in a big way. You had the Bogdanovich, Ingles, Rudy. The Jazz made big plays in the closing minutes, clutch shots, and they earned the victory. Normally when a team has a 21-point lead and that lead is erased, what happens to that team, Jake? They usually don't turn on a dime and come back and win that game. I don't know that for a fact, but I'll bet if you went through, you know, one of these stat services, teams that blow 21-point leads, I bet, have a uh, losing record. Well, the Jazz didn't have any of that, and that shows mental toughness to me. Well, rewind the uh, clock two weeks. We had this discussion after not one but two of the Memphis Grizzlies games. Two Remember when they raced a big lead in the fourth quarter to take a two-point lead and the Jazz slammed the door and won by 10? I'd have to go back and look. And I think that series prepared them for this. Oh, sure. Memphis uh, Memphis played tough. 
we talked about it the, during the whole series. They they brought it every single game. I know it ended in five, but it's not because Memphis rolled over or didn't bring it. I mean, they they played really hard. I I would agree with that take. I'm going to use two of our favorite words on the big show: gritty and plucky. Riley Nelson make an appearance. <laughs> No. Isn't that where that came from? I think so. Oh, I don't know. Those words have been around for quite some time. But I will admit, there was a little bit of luck involved with the Jazz. They had some fortunate moments. Clarkson banks in a three and Joe Ingles. I don't think I've ever seen a lap quite like the one that bounced off the top of the, the glass and into the basket. But luck, you know. Luck, I don't know. Is it lucky that Reggie Jackson, Mr. June, goes off for 29 points in this game? Luck made that joke last night. Oh, he did. Oh, well, boy, that makes me feel bad. I'm sorry. It should because it's 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 not it's not not my favorite joke either. It's not. It's really bad. (laughs) But and and I imagine that Reggie Jackson is not the straw that stirs the drink in L.A. I think Reggie Jackson was the beneficiary last night of attention paid to Kawhi and Paul George. He was open. And you'd rather have him shooting than Kawhi and Paul George, well, or at least the, taking open shots. He was dialed in. Yeah. I mean, well, was... I mean, the Clippers are really good. I mean, somebody, somebody's going to play well on the other team. That's a fact. It's the playoffs. And how do you react? And who do you allow to play well? Or And who do you throw yeah. everything against? You know, yeah. it's it's... It's a little give and take. You see it with Rudy all the time where when they go with that small ball lineup, he's just leaving his guy in the corner. I mean, <laughs> Nicholas Batum is just camping out out there, and that's the gamble they're taking because they'd rather have Nicholas Batum taking a three with Rudy closing out, which is he's amazing at, by the way, than Kawhi Leonard getting a dunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Batum's going to go out there and he's going to make some threes. Reggie Jackson, he's going to make some threes. You know why? They're NBA players, and they're quite good at what they do. But you know what they're not? They're not Kawhi Leonard dunking. (laughs) True. (laughs) They are not Kawhi Leonard dunking. Valid point. Jake, let's talk about some things we saw last night from the Jazz that we might have surprised us a little bit. One was Bogdanovich's dogged defense. Which was there in game one, too, by the way. He is really playing well. But not like... That well, did you hear? Lucy got run over. Hey, what did what did Kawhi have in game one? He had like twenty. I mean, he did well against. Hey, point being, you heard Coach Snyder in the post game. Always he, good. He talked about uh, he talked about kind of challenging Boyan Bogdanovich on his rebounding and defense, and he listened. He did. And again, it it's it all comes back to Rudy on defense, right? Because Bogdanovich, who is not the most athletic player in the world, um. I don't I think he's more athletic than he gets credit actually but he's you know he's he's not Kawhi Leonard but he can play right up in Kawhi Leonard's business cuz Rudy's behind him. Yep, and that's what he did and last it's a, night. And that's what again he did. Again and again. Yeah, he doesn't have to gap Kawhi Leonard cuz he's worried about getting beat. It eliminates it's like your shutdown corner in the NFL. I mean, it just changes it changes how everybody plays. It's it's pretty amazing. And Bogdanovich, give him credit. Joe Ingles joked about it after the after the game where he said, uh, showing what he's showing now, he's going to be have to play full-court defense for all 82. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But he hunkered down. You could see it even in his stance. He was fighting through those screens at the, uh, at the top, 
And it, I, I was watching, and I was going, wait a minute. Is that Boyan? Is that? And I saw that out of Jordan Don't hold Clarkson your breath. Yeah, on right. occasions as well. We know why you were so surprised. Uh, we're many, we're well turn, aware. How many turnovers did Boyan have last night? Uh, you can check yeah. it out on the box. Uh, right. I just was impressed by uh, increased effort on the part of guys who uh, who uh, don't usually do that. Well, it's a luxury because if he can he can make Kawhi Leonard work, then Royce O'Neal can go over onto Pandemic P and uh, <laughs> make him work for it a little bit. You know what I mean? It just it it just it helps. I have some thoughts on P. Do you? Yes, I do. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to those coming mm-hmm. up next. Good tease there as Gordon's list continues on. Howard Beck is going to be on the show coming up at 3 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. Sarah Todd of the Deseret News will join us at 4. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Utah Jazz now lead the L.A. Clippers two games to none in their best-of-seven playoff series. They won last night at Vivint Arena, 117-111. to 111. The Jazz led by as many as 21 points in the third quarter. The Clippers switched to a zone defense and erased that lead. Quinn Snyder talked about going up against that D. When they played zone, our spacing broke down. And anytime you're not spaced, it's tough to move the ball. We've been very good against zone over the course of the year, but I, I thought that affected us mentally. But more than anything, we, we stopped getting stops. Then we're not able to push the ball up the court and play instinctively and give them credit. They were converting. We weren't very efficient on offense. And usually it hurts your defense, and it, and it did. You know, in my mind, it's what we did after that that was really good. We took a punch, and we were able to kind of to collect ourselves and and obviously got stops late, played really good defense late, and then we did keep running, which is hard to do. I think we were a little fatigued as well. The series now flips to Los Angeles for game number three coming your way tomorrow night. Tip-off will be at 6.30. Uh, pre-game coverage live from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena begins at 5. By the way, watch party as well. Go to utahjazz.com. We'll talk more about that coming up. This update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, Los Lonely Boys, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Gordon's list continues on. Of course, brought to you by Tim Daly, Nissan Murray, home of the auto warranty that doesn't quit. It's endless. It's perpetual. It's forever. All right, Gordon, what's next? We mentioned this already, but I want to elaborate on it further and hear your opinion on the the... The growth of the Jazz from a mental standpoint. Everyone's talked about what happened to them in the bubble last year, being up 3-1, and looking at what they're doing now, winning six straight playoff games. Jake, do you see them being tougher, having learned their lessons and taking their talents and improving upon them, but also improving upon their outlook? So that's a, it, it. That's a tough one, right? Because how do you mental uh, measure mental toughness? You, me- you, um, you measure it by what you see on the floor, I guess. But I, I mean, a lot can go into that. I do. Uh, where I'll latch on, I do think they learned some lessons. I, I think that's a, a thing. You know, finding out what it takes to take the next step. I think that's a thing. Whether you want to call that mental toughness or or whatever label you want to put on that, and I also think that there's. Uh, um, Players, I think, discovered in the bubble what they need to add to their own games yeah. to take the next step as well, and that's part of the learning process. But that's not a that's kind of mental, right? Where you need to be open to learn. Yeah. Um, so you know, you know, I guess it all could fall under this umbrella. But you also have to give them credit for going out and doing it. You know, the you guys teased me about uh, my take on Shaq that he wasn't good at basketball, but honestly, Shaq could have taken an off season. And worked on his free throws. You don't think he did? Do you? I don't know. I I don't know if he really tried, and it he just couldn't master it, or what? Free throws strike me as one of those repetitive type situations that you can, you know, like uh, I know how to juggle. You know how <laughs> I learned how to juggle because I just sat there and figured out, you know, tossed the stupid balls up in the air long enough to figure out. Okay, this is how you juggle. So Shaq did work on it twice. Once, uh, what was the Barry guy that shot it shot underhand? It, yeah. yeah, and he, he did rejected that, f- that idea. He did that for about ten minutes. Yeah, Will, and then Will he tried that for a while. Too. Did he? Yeah, and then he moved on to another shooting free throw shooting guru who told him to only use one hand, and that's when yeah. you saw those frozen pigeon flings. <laughs> But the point is, is it's it's one thing to say, "Wow, I got to get better at this." It's it's quite another to actually get better at it. Yeah. And so I think, I, I guess I'm just rounding out what you're talking about because I think that all goes into it, and I do think they learned a lot of lessons from the bubble. I think relationship lessons as well. Yeah. Um, and then of course that there's a mental aspect to that, you know, where you've got to. You, you can come through with stronger relationships after some turmoil. I think we can all identify with that in some way, shape, or form with the relationships in our life, right? And the bubble kind of forced them to come together. Uh, I, I remember a conversation you and I had back in the summer before the bubble began uh, where we talked about how the bubble could either make the, the jazz relationship situation go one way or the other because you're spending all of that time together in this unique environment and hunkered down and all of that. It could either bring everybody together and we're going to use this opportunity to, you know, bond and do that sort of thing. Or it could be like, you know, if you've ever had a roommate that you couldn't stand where it was like, 
this is going to make this relationship, you know, totally worse. And I think with the Jazz, it had the effect of the former, and they've talked about it repeatedly throughout the season. I also think it helps that Donovan and Rudy got uh, big contracts in the offseason. That always, that's the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine <laughs> go down, you know what I mean? But I do think that they came out a different team than they went in. And whatever aspects go into that, I think, would make a fascinating study. But, yeah, I do think that they came out a better team after that experience. The other part of the mental side of the game is the smarts. I mean, recognizing situations, reading them properly, and adapting, like we talked about with the zone and other things that any opponent will do. So as a smart team who played clutch when they needed to, and we're watching this thing evolve in front of us, and we'll see where it goes from here. But I was impressed, and that's what I wrote about in my column. You can check that out at sltrip.com if you want. Uh, Jake, Jordan Clarkson's influence. How, from what angle? Are you looking for anything specific Just there? Just the influence on the game. On that particular game? Because mm-hmm. I think he kind of goes into what we were talking about before and the relationship thing and with this team. His influence on the team has been extraordinarily having positive. A player, the game, sorry. Having, having, a player, having a player like that come off your bench and, and do present that kind of threat is really, really huge. Well, it's it, it's huge. And he was, I mean, he was pure energy. Um, he's he, the, the best way to describe Jordan is he really is. He's just a, a walking bucket. And he's going to work and work and work, and he's going to go out there and he's going to get some buckets. And you know he'll make a he'll mix in a nice pass or two. But he knows his job. He likes his job. He's embraced his job. <laughs> yeah. And last night, why well, wouldn't you? Right? He was very good at it. I mean, he's very good at it. The Clippers didn't have an answer for Jordan Clarkson or Donovan Mitchell in that first half, and it put the Clippers on their heels. And that's what he can do. Was it Tim who described Clarkson that way during the pregame show? Was that before? I don't it was recall. before one of those games, but that, that's what he does. He comes onto the floor instantaneously, puts the other team on their heels, and that was really true last night. And in the post game, you described him as cool. He is cool. He's, He's super cool. cool. <laughs> I w- I would love to just go like throw the frizz around the park with Jordan Clarkson, you know, like <laughs> he's just, he's, he's really cool. And he seems to have this really, like Joe Ingles has talked about this a couple times. Clarkson seems to have this really positive outlook on life. That's kind of infectious, Yeah, you know, like kind of that guy that is just, he's fun to be around just because his day's never bad. He's always had, he's got this perspective on life where it's like, Hey, it's, it's good. Like he took a really negative situation, like the vandalism of yeah. that food truck, and he went out and he spinned it into a positive. And point. did you see his face as he was watching that presentation on I the didn't. big screen? Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. So, uh, he, yeah, you're right. So the, he's cool. The yeah. shades and everything, yeah. and maybe the fact that he's that way makes it easier for his teammates to absorb watching him take all the shots. Well, <laughs> and I'm joking about that a little bit. But if he were a real jerk and everybody on the team didn't like him like he could be with the kind of skill set he has, maybe they would be a little less reluctant to pass him the ball. I don't know that. There's a theory. No, I mean, he has a he has a role on the team. Shoot it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, that I mean, think about it this way, Gordon. It's a ball hog. Remember at the beginning of uh, last year before Jordan was on the team, the bench production was – a real problem. It was yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Yep. Like 
single-digit point production bad. Like, lose the game for the team bad. <laughs> bad. Well, I mean, it I was don't wanna, really bad. I, I don't want to pick on Dante Exum, but think about if Dante were, were taking the minutes that Jordan is taking now. Oh, it, was, it, it wouldn't work. They had a problem they had to solve, mm-hmm. is the point. And Jordan Clarkson, uh, Clarkson solved it with one player. You had to make one move. Bingo. And then people complain about him shooting too much. That's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. And he's cool. And he's, he's cool. He's a cool dude. And it, Joe, and I can't remember if this was on DJ and PK. I think it was. But he was talking about Jordan, and, I, and this just so stood out to me, that Jordan helped, uh, helped him realize it's cool to come off the bench. Did that? Did you hear that when he came on with DJ yeah. and PK, where he said, "You know, he helped me." Basically, he he wasn't an outside looking in at the starters, going, "Oh, I wish I was there." It was the it was the unit. The unit's cool. Yeah, there was yeah. something to be a part of. It made Joe adjust to his role on the team and embrace his role from a different perspective, which is a which is such a, a, a awesome teammate thing, right? You're part of the bench crew now. We're, we're, we're the ones that come in and win Some the game. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like He's it, too. I have an identity, awesome. man. you got to take pride in what you yes. do. Yes, big time. Sam Amick, our friend, he tweeted out that uh, Donovan Mitchell is the best player in the playoffs. Uh, what do you think? Well, did you, and I'll bring this up. I didn't know you were going right here. Um, did you see his justification for that, though? No, I didn't. All right, all right, Gordon. Uh, you know, his, his. You know, if you look at his justification, here it is. All right, he tweeted this out after that. He said, six games, a 6-0 and record, 32.7 points per, 48.2% overall, 41.9% from three, 5.3 assists, three rebounds, 38% usage, two wins over the Clippers without Mike Conley. I thought um, it was pretty strong justification. Pretty strong, pretty strong justification. Yeah. Yep, he's... What about Rudy's influence on on the game last night? Immeasurable. That's a great word. Immeasurable. You know, people have talked about, well, you know, the Clippers fell behind uh, by two games against the Mavs. The Mavs didn't have Rudy Gobert standing on the defensive end, getting in the way of everything. Ty Lue told us before game two, Rudy changes your whole game plan. You have to flip everything that you do. On its ear because uh, because he's that good. And let me as long as we're talking about Rudy, can I highlight this? Twenty rebounds from Rudy. He had twenty of the Jazz thirty six rebounds. Mm-hmm. The Jazz are a tiny team. They are little. They they just are. They're tiny, tiny team. I mean, look how big and long the, every Clippers player is. The the Jazz are 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 little. Uh, particularly when Mike Con- Conley's in the lineup. Point being that he's the reason they can play that way. The fact that he gobbles up 20 rebounds is the reason the Jazz can get away with having the roster that they do. That's one of the things he does. Well, last night, just cleaning the glass. And people say, oh, 13 points like you can hear Shaq, right? All right, kids, average 13 points and you're going to make $100 million. You know, He was 4 of 5, 20 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2 steals. There's only, and I'll, I can look up the stat, there's only a handful of people in the history of NBA, the NBA basketball in the playoffs that have had a stat line like that. Yep. Yep. Two things. One is that we're talking about Donovan Mitchell, but he's going up against two of the best defenders in the league. 
in this series. And making light work out of it, by the <laughs> way. Did you see he them is. go after Paul George over and over again in the yeah, first half? I, I mean, did. they they hunted him out. It was that, remarkable. That is the ultimate trash talk right there, And by I'm going to get to Paul George in a minute. I said I would, and I will. But, uh, Rudy, you mentioned the stats. Remember the steal he had when, when the pass, someone tried to— <laughs> Thought it would be a good idea to lob it over his head. How about and, the one where he was running the floor and chased it down in transition? Yeah. I mean, that's that's heady stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Well, maybe I'll hold it off on this. We got a I got a number. I probably got seven more items on the jazz list. So uh do you want me to hold off on uh, that? Oh yeah, hang off on that. Do you want this do you want this stat real quick here? Yeah, give okay. It to me. So Rudy had a stat line of thirteen, twenty, three, and two. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is only the second time since 2004 that a player has finished with at least 10 points, 20 rebounds, three blocks, two steals in the NBA playoffs. The other was Jokic in 2020. It's the second time it's happened in a, in Jazz history, going back to Carl Malone in 1991, and just the 18th time in NBA playoff history. You know, the takeaway here is a year or two ago, people wondered whether the Jazz had the stars necessary to be real contenders. The Jazz have stars. <laughs> well, uh, they both played like it last night. I agree with you there. Want to remind you about our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. We'll get to Pandemic P coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz brilliant shooting in Game 2 carried them to a 117-111 win over the L.A. Clippers, and they now lead the series two games to none. Game 3 is Saturday in Los Angeles right here on 1280 The Zone and 97.5. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. Uh, the top 1660 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 1660 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. Next item on the list. All right, let's get to Paul George. Explain something to me, will you, Jake? Why does the crowd boo him? Every time he touches the ball. Oh, it's the the playoff history. Going back to, uh, to OKC. The OKC. Yeah, the when he first anointed himself <laughs> playoff P. Yeah, but is that a reason for people to boo him every time he does anything? 
Why not? I mean, it's the it's the soap opera of everything, I got right? And then and then Ingalls' little rivalry feeds right into the whole thing. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about that. First of all, let me say this, though. I love the way jazz fans react at games. It's the it's as far as I'm concerned, it's the best environment in the entire NBA, especially during the playoffs. I hate the overrated chant. I hate the overrated chant. Kind of funny though. It's bush league. Why? And it's, it's 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 college. Bo- the Beatles stuff. are the most Why? overrated band in history. An overrated. It just that's what well, that's what you do in high school and in college, not in the NBA. Why? It, it, it just is. That's not a good reason. Oh, it is to me. And it's I'm. Just, and when I'm do not, you make rules for fans? I don't make rules. I'm giving my opinion. I hate it. I think it's bush league. No. That's just that's just me. But I love the way jazz fans typically react in the arena and the environment they create. But Paul George, I was watching him closely last night. Jake, he's a crafty, dirty player. He's crafty, dirty. Just the little things that he does, the little elbows here, the little reach in here, the little bump, the little shoulder there. I, I, I kept my eye on him for like about 15 straight trips. That dude, he's smart, he's crafty, but he's dirty. So I've got no issue with that sort of thing. Now, if you want to talk about Boogie Cousins sliding under Boyan, oh, yeah. then then yeah. that I really have an issue with. A little lean into this or a little grab here, grab there. That's kind of part of the game. But the the when you're when you're trying to hurt somebody, that's what sliding under yeah. somebody is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Zaza take Kawhi Leonard out of a yeah. playoff series. You know, when it when it comes to that sort of thing, uh, that I'm obviously not okay with. But if Paul George wants to, you know, uh, Rudy. Have you seen Rudy lean into picks? Yeah. And he gets busted for it every now and again. But there are also some times where he takes guys right off of their feet because he leans into he leans in and gets them in the shoulder, and then all of a sudden, bam, they're out of the play. I mean, it's that's basketball. Yeah. So By I, the way, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I can't fault him for it. He's trying to get an edge. I know. I'm not saying one way. If, if he played for the Jazz, people around here would love him. You know, right. or at least when he's and not shooting Joe, 17. Joe does a lot of that stuff. In fact, he got a flagrant for it last night. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was unnecessary. He got fouled, but don't swing the arm around like that, Joe. Come on. But he does that all of the time. <laughs> he nearly took, uh, what's his name for Denver, Campazzo's face off. <laughs> still might have been my favorite play of the entire year. And it's just face because off. of <laughs> the television feed we had here in the studio was slowing it down to uber slow motion because I think we were getting the TV truck feed or something like that and replaying it over and over again like a hundred times in super slow motion. You can like, all right, here is where his nose detaches from his <laughs> face. Right there. But anyway. Did, did you sorry. see uh, Joe mock Paul George? I did. I did. Paul George is complaining and acting like he get fouled and, and Joe's standing over him just doing the the, the thing with the arms. Do we have time for the Paul George uh, post-game stuff? This is what uh, Paul George uh, said after the game. Uh, well, we got to give him credit. This is a tough opponent. They weren't they weren't number one um, in the West for for you know no reason. Um, this is a tough team. Um, but you know we we're approaching this the same way Dallas was. You know we we still feel we have a lot of possessions uh, that we can clean up and a lot of possessions that um, are hurting us that that's you know our fault um, 
you know, and so as good as they're playing, as good as, you know, this matchup is, as tough as this matchup is, uh, we still feel like there's there's moments throughout this game, um, uh, this series, uh, that, you know, we're making plays that are, that are self-inflicted. Um, and so, again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of uphill, but, you know, we're optimistic. Um, that, you know, we can get this under control, go back home and, uh, you know, one game at a time, but try to tie this series up. Okay, so at face value, that sounds pretty good, right? But it just there's something about Paul George that even when he's complimenting the Jazz, it sounds like he's patting them on the head and scooching them in the britches. So that's the first time I've heard that. As much as I'd like to jump on board the Paul George hate train, I've got nothing, I've got nothing wrong with what he said right there. All right. He was complimentary and then uh, introspective, talking about his own team. I mean, maybe it was the lead up to what he said before that too. But anyway, I, I just was on sort of a Paul George thing last night. I don't understand why people boo him every time, but I do think he's a crafty, dirty player. And uh, when someone says that they're optimistic about the rest of the series, is that an indication that they are kind of desperate, really? Uh, I no. I mean, what what if he? What is he supposed to say? I'm. We're, no, due, we're cooked. We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what would work. That's what Frank Layden did back in '88 uh, when the Jazz were playing the Lakers and they were trying to emerge, and uh, the the Lakers crushed him in the first game. And Frank came out and said, "We can't play with this team." What they do? They played with that team. Uh, big, uh, well, some somewhat big news, I suppose. Uh, Clippers announced that Serge Ibaka will miss the rest of the NBA playoffs after having back surgery on Thursday. Wow, they miss him. Yeah, they uh, do. Yeah, they miss him. That's that. That certainly is some news. All right, we'll get to Howard Beck coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.